Welcome to the Underrepresented in Tech podcast, hosted by Michelle Frechette and Ali Nimmons. Underrepresented in Tech is a free database built with the goal of helping people find new opportunities in WordPress and tech overall. Hi, Ali. Hi, Michelle. I People think we see each other today because my internet, I can't see your, your beautiful smiling face, but I know it's there. Yeah. It's here. We turned off our cameras because my internet sucks today. So I apologize for any glitching, but it's just always good to talk to you. Yeah, your audio sounds great. I think we'll be fine. Yep. My face is, let me check, let me touch it. Yeah, my face is still here. I'll let you know if that changes. (laughs) Mine is too. And you can't see it, but I'm smiling. (laughs) Yay. Cool. And I'm, I'm I'm definitely smiling because this is something that I'm honestly really surprised we haven't spoken about in almost a hundred episodes. We are on episode like something, which is crazy. Um, I'm really surprised we've never spoken about this because it's such an important topic because it's so tied to diversity because it's such a prevalent topic in the WordPress community. And it's something that I've spent a lot of time thinking about and I've cared about for a really long time. Um, Mm -hmm. like this is, this is not a new conversation. And so I brought this to the table today because I felt like we got to make sure we're covering all of our, all of our bases. Like sometimes we find like, we're like, oh, we've talked about, we've talked around this, but we don't have an episode about it. So this is definitely something we need an episode about. And people have been left in suspense long enough. We're talking about speaker selections (laughs) for events. Um, and primarily kind of the idea of making sure that when you are selecting speakers, you are balanced in keeping diversity in mind without going Mm -hmm. so far as to, you know, go the affirmative action route where you are only picking people because it looks, it's going to look more diverse or because you have like a quota to fill or all of those sorts of things. And if I could jump in real quick, it isn't even about the speaker selection process. It starts earlier than that, right? Mm -hmm. So it's even the speaker recruiting process Mm -hmm. that feeds into your selection process. Totally. So yeah, there's a whole, there's a whole lot going on. Yeah. And so like, I would say if we're starting back at speaker recruiting, to me, there's two like major parts of that process. It's the places you go to find people and invite them in and where Mm -hmm. you end up sending them to. Right. So WordPress has a ridiculous number of resources, I think, to allow you to find WordPress experts, people who are familiar with WordPress and and well versed in parts of WordPress who are diverse people. And that's not just underrepresented in tech. It is now also WP speakers. It's Hero Press. It's the WP diversity community hashtag, whatever, like however you want to look at that. It's Black Press. Mm -hmm. It's WordPress women of color. We have all of these communities and all of these places where underrepresented people are being given a spotlight as much as is possible by the people who run those things. Um, Right. So going out to those places and finding people and offering that um, opportunity is Mm -hmm. one of the most important things that you can do at the very, very beginning, right? Because we always hear like, um, I don't know if you remember a a while ago, there was that like, it wasn't even a WordPress event, I don't think it was like this German tech event. And they were like, yeah. They didn't have any women and they were like, well, we posted about the event and we, you know, we posted about it and we talked about it and we, you know, anyone was welcome to apply yeah. and women just We didn't. can't help it if you can't help it if they didn't apply. Right. And it's like, okay, <laughs> well, you have to go out and get people like think about college recruiters or job recruiters like they go out and get people 
They go out mm-hmm. and speak to people and inform them of the opportunity and make that connection. It's not just like, oh, well, we posted about the job on Indeed. And so that's the, the end of the job. Like you have to yeah. go out and find people. And I think that sometimes people struggle with how to have that conversation or like what to say to someone to not make them feel like they are just kind of a token person. Um, and right. my, my solution to that and I'd love to hear your, your solution and your way of approaching that too. I always recommend lead with what that person's uh, specialty or value or skill is that makes them good for this yes. event. Let that be 75% mm-hmm. of the message. I know that you're good at this. I've seen on your portfolio, I've seen your website, I've seen another talk you've done. I can see that you are really well-versed in XYZ. Maybe there's this other talk they did that you really liked lead with all of that gas them up mm-hmm. and then you can say mm-hmm. something like you know diversity is is really important to us maybe you know we're trying to focus more on it this year than we did we're able to last year um and your i have notes here so i want to read it the way i wrote it because i was proud of how i wrote it mm-hmm. um <laughs> you know, that that you appreciate any added value or perspective or any new story that this person can tell that's different from what is usually represented and Mm -hmm. that work that has worked on me like there are opportunities that i've been offered where the person has led with all of my skills and then said you know we want this event to look more like you and less like the homogenous community as before or we want your story because it's not the one that's typically told and like that is perfectly okay to say like i feel like people are afraid to tell people we value you because of the diverse story that you can tell. Um, you just right. have to make it not be the prime only thing that you're looking for in that person. So so basically saying, Allie, you're black. What do you want to talk about so we can have more black faces on our, mm. our speaker lineup? That's the wrong way? Is that what you're saying? A thousand percent. <laughs> and I would probably not even rest- – I would just block that person. I would run away exactly. in the other direction. <laughs> um, it, yeah, totally. Both things we say, can be valuable. Right. We say on Underrepresented in Tech, like, it's representation without tokenization. Mm-hmm. So if you are looking – to tokenize a person so that you're like, oh, we have a black face. They don't even care what they're saying or what their experience is. That is the wrong way to have representation. Yeah. That's what we're saying. Yeah. Absolutely. So like once you've then reached out to all of those people, you Mm -hmm. have to send them somewhere. Like the number Mm -hmm. one thing that I hate in outreach in general is when somebody's like, oh, we're hiring or we need somebody for this or whatever. And they don't have a page, a link, a form. It's just like, oh, send me a DM. That is absolutely not Mm -mm. the way that this works. Mm -mm. You have to be Mm -mm. able to send them to a page that has all of the information that they're going to need and a way Mm -hmm. for them to, you know, an application, a form or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think we could do a whole additional episode on what a page like that can and should look like, because I think there's a lot of details to that, but it should be intentional and thought out. I do think overall um, the kind of standard WordPress event application speaker page is typically Mm -hmm. pretty good in terms of Mm -hmm. keeping diversity and inclusion in mind, um, using inclusive language, um, all of that good stuff. So we should definitely do an episode on like how to write a good, we did an episode on how to fill out a good speaker application. We should do one on how to write a good speaker application too, you think? 
I agree. I think that'd be a great one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, right. So those are the first two things, right? Is like getting the people to come, giving them a place to go to once they get there so that they can, they can provide you with a full and detailed and accurate representation of who they are. Right. How do you feel? I'm curious. How do you feel about okay. asking uh, in a speaker application form what someone's gender is or what someone's um, ethnicity is or uh, those kinds of questions? So that's that's always a loaded question, right? That people ask, how do I how do I find out if somebody is from an underrepresented? So you know, people are saying, oh, you can't tell just by looking at people what their gender is or what mm -hmm. their name by their name. And that's true, right? Absolutely. And you can't always tell somebody's ethnicity by looking at their faces either. Of course not. Like there's, we as people and gender and represent so many different things. So it, it isn't like, oh, I can't tell just by looking. But how do you get at that? So uh, at underrepresentedintech.com, we ask people like, what is, you know, how are you underrepresented? Mm -hmm. And we give a list of ways that people might be underrepresented and they check a box, but we don't put that out on their on the website. It's not like, oh, you're looking for a black speaker. Well, here, check this box. Oh, you're looking for somebody who's neurodivergent. Check this box. Oh, you need somebody who's whatever, right? And so I actually had a conversation with Jill Binder recently about WPSpeakers.com because she said it would be really good if you had a way for people to say, I am in an underrepresented group so mm -hmm. that when people are looking for speakers, they can say, I also want to see who's who's underrepresented and is a blogger and hey, can speak mm -hmm. about blogging or SEO or whatever it is. And so for WP speakers, I just have a simple checkbox that says, I am in an underrepresented community, part of an underrepresented community that might be not exactly word for word, but we did include that. Mm -hmm. So you could toggle on yes or no for that, right? Yeah. So I think- And is it and an I optional think, field? Absolutely. Yeah. Wait, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I want to say it is, but now I'm like, is it? I don't know. So um, I, I'll, I'll double check that. But yeah. um, but I will also say as, as a white person, you never know how you're supposed to ask these questions, right? So like, is it okay if I ask somebody? Is it okay to, you know, I grew up that like, you don't call a black person black. Hmm. Like that's the community that I was in, right? It's like, but you don't call minorities colored, right? Mm -hmm. Definitely not. You don't, so like what, and definitely not the racial slurs, right? So we stay <laughs> right for that. What, what is the right thing? Can you call a gay person gay? Like all of those things that like in my twenties, granted my twenties were in the eighties and nineties, right? So we're talking about a different time than we are right now, but I grew up through a period where things weren't discussed. Mm -hmm. And if somebody was an, an uh, ethnic minority, like you just took it at face value and you never talked about it if you were a white person. And then the United Colors of Benetton came out and we had all of this like, I am colorblind and it was so good to be colorblind. Mm. I don't see color and all of those things, right? That's not okay anymore because we've grown through that and we know that that's not right. So as a white person putting together these applications, how do you ask those questions? I'm so glad you asked that. I don't know that I have the perfect answer for that. But I think it is okay because like for me, for example, I want to be able to identify that, yes, I'm a woman and I want to be able to say, yes, I'm disabled or whatever it is and say that I do represent an underrepresented group. Um, so on WP Speakers, it's just I identify as being from an underrepresented group, yes or no, and it is not a required field. So you can mm -hmm. skip it if you want to. I'm not going to require people to put themselves into that box. But if you say yes then somebody's able to toggle on and, and see that. And if you say no, they're able to see that as well, of course. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's just, 
it, 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 I don't know that there's a comfortable answer mm-hmm. sitting here from the perspective of a white person. Yeah. What's your answer to that? <laughs> I mean, I think I agree with you in that these things are changing all the time. The more we talk about all of these mm-hmm. issues, the more that what's acceptable, what's unacceptable changes. Like I still struggle with um, disability, like saying disabled person or someone with a disability or, you know, mm-hmm. I got called out a little while ago for using handicapped and I'm never going to use that again because right. again, <laughs> when I was younger, the way, as I grew up, handicapped was acceptable. That was the word you used. So these things are always right. changing to me as a underrepresented person. It, it, I want to see transparency and I want to see choice. So mm-hmm. if there's a field in a speaker application that asks for my gender, asks for my ethnicity or whatever, I want to see a tooltip or I want to see a description that says, you know, we are we are asking for this information because we would like to, uh, you know, maintain private data about the details of our speaker our, our speaker groups so that we can compare mm-hmm. year to year how much our diver you know i want to see an, yeah. a, a reason why are you asking me for this information and if the reason is you know we are trying to use this it's analytics right you need data mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. analyze so that you can get better if i see that i'm way more likely to be like all right yeah i'll tell you if it's just asking me i'm gonna be like why do you want to know Especially if it's asking mm. more personal things, like you know, if I'm queer or something like that, why do you why why do you want to know? Um, mm-hmm. And I always want those things to be a, an optional field where it's like you know, yeah, you know, male, female, non-binary, gender fluid, or I love the prefer not to say, right? Like mm-hmm. I just I don't mm-hmm. want to share that with you, and like that's fine too. So mm-hmm. to me, it's always about because then it's like if there is transparency and if there is choice. If they are using, you know, the slightly wrong word for whatever it might be, I'm way more inclined to be like, you know, they're trying, you know, I'm way more inclined to sort of give them a pass. And I think that that's kind of been shown in uh, with underrepresented in tech. I don't think we've ever had anyone tell us, like, you're using this word wrong or you, you shouldn't say it that way. Um, at least not yet. <laughs> yeah, not yet. Um, yeah. So yeah, I always want to see choice and I always want to see transparency about why those questions are being mm-hmm. asked. And if those mm-hmm. two things are there, then I'm more than willing to share that information. And, you know, I have the privilege of being, you know, not closeted and I have the privilege of not being to not needing to fear that things about me will um hurt me if they become public or things like that that's a completely different environment but yeah that's Mm -hmm. how that's how i like to approach it yeah Um, and that makes perfect sense totally we hope you're learning a lot from the podcast if you have any questions or need specialized help making your space more diverse equitable or inclusive book a consulting session audit or strategy service with us just go to underrepresentedintech.com services for more information Back to the show. Mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes we look at the speaker selection process as, you know, you're 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 on the speaker selection team, and you're like, your job is to pick the best possible people. Best mm-hmm. being the most subjective, ambiguous word in the whole world. <laughs> um, yes. 
And you as a person have your idea of what best means. And another person on the team has their idea of what best means. And the attendees have a different idea of what best means. Your job is not mm -hmm. to just pick speakers. Your job is to build a program of content. Yeah. So if you're looking at it from that perspective, building a, you're building a show, it's an event. You're building a program of content for the audience, not for you, not for the other speakers, not for the sponsors, for the people who are attending. So, mm -hmm. you know, we've talked about if you are hosting a local event in a town in Sweden, your audience is probably going to be other Swedish people. Right. And like, it's not a huge deal if most of your speakers are Swedish. If you're right. hosting a global event that is going to have people from all over the world in attendance, I believe mm -hmm. it is your job to build a program of content that serves that community of people. And so... Yes. You know, if that means that somebody with a massive amount of experience who's spoken a million times doesn't get chosen because there is somebody else with less experience who offers a counterbalance to that in terms of bringing something unique and new and different to the event that is going to serve audience members better, mm -hmm. like that to me is, is a no-brainer. And that kind of leads me yeah. to one of my other points, which is like, and I've used this before as a method of speaker selection on an event that I worked on. I'm not going to say which event. Mm -hmm. I like to look at each benefit, each value add of a speaker as like a point system almost, right? Mm -hmm. So you're taking the things that you are looking for in a speaker, if that's experience, if that's, because some events are like, you want lots of first-time speakers. You want lots of newer people. Yeah. Some events, mm -hmm. you want the people who are super established in the industry, who are, you know, the big name. Whatever it is that you're looking for, um, mm -hmm. assign a value to that thing. So if you're looking for um, super experienced per people, like that's a point. If they're talking about a subject that's super relevant to your industry right now, that's a point. Um, maybe if they're local, that's a point. I think that yeah. diversity should give you a point. Um, and I feel like people balk at that because it's it's kind of reducing a person to a number, but it's yeah. it's prioritizing it. Like we say all the time, diversity and inclusion has to be intentional. So if you are saying yep. we value diversity, we need diversity, it's just as important to us as any other value add, then you have to treat it like any other value add. And, and it has to be part of the equation. Yep. It has to be part of the equation. And what that allows you to do is, you know, if you're looking at straight white male who's spoken a bajillion times and has four points within your system, and then you're looking at mm -hmm. a black gay male who has just as much experience, who is speaking about a similar topic, who maybe is also local to the community, like who has all of the other same things, but has that additional mm -hmm. point of being of having a different story to tell that is the person you yes. go with and i feel like people hate that because it's like oh well you're taking the opportunity away from the white person because they're white i no. don't know what else you're giving to the say. opportunity to somebody else who's qualified right like i the, michelle it makes me so frustrated let, let me like, put it this i run out of ways to say <laughs> this <laughs> i know well let me add this okay from so somebody who i am i i there's no ego when i say this but as somebody who is sought after a lot in our community mm -hmm. to speak because I, I just, I have a reputation and 
body of knowledge, whatever. Um, I, if I'm up for, like, if, if I apply to speak at, you know, at, at um, WordCamp on the moon, let's say that. I apply to speak <laughs> at WordCamp on the moon and I don't Coming get Coming soon sponsored by Jeff Bezos. Yeah. <laughs> or Elon Musk, sorry. They're all the same. I was going to say. I was going to say rocket.net, but you know, yeah. whatever. <laughs> so WordCamp, WordCamp on the moon is going to happen. And I am, I apply to speak on diversity uh, and inclusion, which I get asked to a lot. And you apply to speak on diversity and inclusion. You should get that spot, Allie, instead of me. And I am a hundred percent okay with that. I, if I don't get picked to speak somewhere, of course, I'm disappointed. Like I wanted to speak. That's why I applied. Right. But if that opportunity is given to somebody with a different perspective than mine, who's comes from a different uh, gender or a different uh, age range or a different set of whatever um, life circumstances has brought them to where they are in life. I want to hear them more than I want to hear me. And And I think that we should all feel like that. And you know, it would also be an exceptional choice to make in that particular circumstance. Hmm. What if we gave our talk together? If we're giving a similar talk and both of us, we are both underrepresented people. And that is more or less apparent when you look at us, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We both have things about us that we stand out a little. Um, The, 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 the impact of that, I think is so much more powerful than saying, okay, well, this person looks more diverse or something, so we (laughs) should give it to her. And I've seen that happen before. It also makes the information like, it hits different when two people are validating it rather than just, oh, this is one person's opinion. You have two people giving you the same information. So, and if you have more than two people, turn it into a panel. Why the heck not, right? Like there are choices that you can make where everyone can get seen. Or you can make the choice that, you know, we're going to prioritize this thing and not this thing for now. I have I have another point that goes along with that, which is let's say that I apply to speak at your event and my topic just doesn't really meld with what you're looking for, but you'd really like to hear me speak. Mm -hmm. So why not reach out to me and say, you know, Michelle, we would love to have you speak, but that topic doesn't really fit in everything else. What other topics are you comfortable talking about? Or do you have any other talks up your sleeve? There's nothing wrong with wanting a speaker, but with a different topic, if they're willing Mm -hmm. to give it right. So like, if you really do want somebody to speak and they don't submit the talk that you're hoping and you know, they have other, you know, that they're knowledgeable in other ways, why not ask them to like either temper their talk a different direction or maybe temper is not the right word, but you know, adjust their talk a different Mm -hmm. direction or talk about other possible options. Yeah. You know, I get, I got asked to speak, um, at, at an event, uh, a webinar next week. And I said, oh, what topic were you hoping for? They're like, well, what do you want to talk about? And I'm like, well, I want to talk about diversity. They're like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, that's like, all right, great. <laughs> so, And I mean, you um, can, you, you can it, even get ahead of that by a making sure that on your speaker application page, you have a visible list of the topics you are interested in having, as opposed mm-hmm, to the mm-hmm. ones that you are not interested in having. And when you do sure. approach people and recruit them and you know ask them to apply, identify what topic you are hoping to hear from them yeah. about. Um, mm-hmm. it, I've had people approach me and say like, we know that you are, you talk about diversity a lot. We'd actually like if you would talk about, you know, 
being a freelancer or being a being a podcaster, like asking yeah. for specific other things. And I think that that's great because it shows that person that you are not just picking them for the sake of it. You're picking them because you want to hear something specific from them. And that removes so yeah. much pressure from a speaker of like, mm-hmm. what do they want? What should I speak about? What are people going to want to hear about? What's what, what are people going to remember? If you already know what is expected of you, you can just do the work and jump right into it. And, yeah. and it's great. Absolutely. Um, no, there's, there's also this, I don't know if you have anything. I don't, I don't see Ellie's list, but I don't <laughs> know if you have anything on there about blind, blind selection processes. That was because... going to be my next thing. <laughs> okay, good. So yeah. launch into it. That was going to be my other thing is either instead of a weighted process, or you can even do in conjunction with a rating process, um, have a blind selection, which is where, you know, you have your spreadsheet of all your application submissions. You, what I will do is I will create a new tab. I'll copy and paste into that new tape, new tab, only the rows that are topics and descriptions. I'll forget Mm -hmm. all the names, all the emails, all the other things, all the bios, get rid of those for now and just look at topics and, and descriptions and make your decision, you know, whether it's you or a team, make your decision based on that. And then what I recommend you do is go back and look and see how diverse that group of people is. Because mm-hmm. if you do happen to land on like entirely all straight white men, it's like, okay, right. we are valuing diversity. So this has to change. And you can right. go in and you can say, okay, well, maybe these two talks, they're both about SEO. So maybe we can drop the weaker of the two and, and pull in another person. Or, you know, this person, they spoke last year and the year before and the year before. So we'll give them a break and we'll pull in, on, in another person. And be thoughtful, be intentional. Like, I, I know that so many of these teams are volunteers and it's, it yeah. sucks to ask a volunteer to do more work for free. Right. But if this is important, it's important. And it, like, it can't right. be an op, it can't be optional. So you can Agreed. do, I don't really believe in a pure blind process because that's, that's the same no, kind of either. to me as, oh, I don't see color. Right. But you can begin yeah. with a blind process so that all of the biases are removed and then you can go back in mm-hmm. and tweak it so that the diversity is prioritized in some way, shape or form. Now, I will say, though, that all of the biases aren't necessarily removed in a blind process. True. That is true. Because because you can't see the person, you don't know that maybe their English is bad because they aren't a native English speaker, mm-hmm. but they would be an amazing speaker mm-hmm. uh, on your stage. You can't see any socioeconomic things that may come into play with how they apply. So they're just bear in mind that it isn't um, purely blind in that respect, because if you're judging on how somebody has actually written their topics, then you may still have some bias that mm. enters into it. Totally. That's a really, really good point. Um, and it also doesn't re- remove the uh, the fact that, and, and uh, this is an additional topic, not for today, but there is um, an economic impact on somebody traveling to wherever you are and that you have you may not have people applying because they can't afford to go to where your event is taking place. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, then that's a, another, it's another beast altogether that we need to, to talk about right. another time. Um, but leveling that playing field is also something that can help you get more diversity in your speaker lineup. Totally. And when you're looking at that speaker lineup, um, you know, whether you've done the, the blind process or not, it's really important to, to look at the types of talks. So, I feel like we we tend to think of like, okay, well, all talks are kind of 
all talks are kind of made equal, but if you have full length talks, lightning talks, um, workshops, panels, if you're looking at your, your schedule and you notice that the only people of color are doing lightning talks, mm -hmm. that's not, that's, that's not good. That's not fair. Right. That, that's, that is not balanced. <laughs> that's not balanced. That's exactly the right word. It's yeah. not balanced. And, you know, maybe that mm -hmm. just happened by accident. Maybe there was some unconscious bias there. Who knows? But you have to mm -hmm. look at, you know, all of the bits and pieces because you could have, you know, 70% women. But if all of those women are only giving design talks and none of them are giving tech talks or code talks or business talks, like, mm -hmm. Right. You know, like that's that's a problem. And it ha and it has to be, right. you know, if you are really going to look at this, like I am building a program of content, it has to be balanced. Mm -hmm. If you're going to approach yes. it like, oh, I, it's my job just to pick people, then, you know, Godspeed. <laughs> but yeah. I, I really don't think about it that way. Um, yeah. No. And I also wanted to add one more thing, my last note, um, which is something that I have come to believe recently but uh -huh. i think that it applies and i wish that it's something that i had thought of a long time ago i really 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 am a strong proponent now of when you decide on your speaker your your list of speakers and you've uh -huh. confirmed with all of those people that they would like to be speakers and they, they can indeed come and they are indeed still interested uh -huh. release that list of speakers all at once Absolutely. Just, just, it, it <laughs> Absolutely. doesn't have to be a huge detail. It doesn't have to be the schedule, right? You don't have to have the schedule in order. You don't have to release what the topics are. You don't have to release bios, descriptions, names, and pictures. Release a list of all the people who yep. are going to be speaking at the event. And this, this has, I think, multiple benefits. Everything is balanced, right? You, you won't have <laughs> names coming out that make this statistical makeup of the speaker selection look unfair. You don't have people who may be released, whose names may be, be released later, be unable to promote your event, right? Like right. if I'm speaking at an event and they don't announce my name until two weeks before the event, I can only say that I'm speaking at that event for those last two weeks. I can only use right. my voice and my platform and my resources to promote that event in that tiny little bit of amount of time. Like, mm -hmm. why would you want that? <laughs> um, exactly. And if you're promoting that, the event, it's you painful want, to have to wait. <laughs> it's so painful to have to wait. And if, you know, if you release all those people at once, you can use those names the entire time to promote the event yeah. and you can drip out, you know, their bios, their description, their, their talk the topics, marketing. all of that stuff. Yeah. But, I really think that it is mo most fair and most inclusive and most equitable to just release all the names at once. Yeah, I agree. Cool. I'm really glad yeah. we talked about this. Did you have anything else that you want? I know I did a lot of talking. Um, <laughs> That's was, okay. This was a, an alley episode a little bit, which I apologize for. Um, no, never so apologize. Did you have anything it. else that you wanted to add? You know, just, you know, you, you said earlier, and I have said this, you know, I've said this publicly, diversity and inclusion must be intentional. It cannot be an afterthought. It cannot be accidental. You must be intentional from day one and making sure that your events, your podcast, your blog, your company, all of it, right? That diversity and in 
inclusion is intentional. That includes the equity of it. That includes the belonging, the, the whole DEIB. And, and perhaps B is the most important. So you get the diversity, you get the inclusion. People have to feel like they belong because otherwise that is tokenization, right? If I'm here and, I, and my desk is wherever and I'm not really being asked to do work, but I'm just there to be the pretty face that doesn't look like everybody else's pretty face, that's that's not really helpful either. So it needs to be intentional and it needs to be strategic and you really need to put in the work to make sure it happens. Absolutely. And I mean, we can do way more talks about how all of this stuff needs to uh, persist throughout the entire process, right? Like right. in mm -hmm. your communication with your speakers in how your speakers are greeted when they get to the event and how they're treated throughout the event in how you follow up and thank them after th like these, it doesn't ever stop. Well, sometimes the computer gods have different ideas than we do on how to finish an episode. So we apologize for the little yeah. brief interruption and cut off there, but um, and we were on such, you were on such a good roll with what we were talking about too. I but. was on a roll. I was all passionate. I was up <laughs> on my little soapbox and I just got punched off. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this is kind of a historically long episode and I feel yes. like for many reasons it's this long and I think it needs to be this long. Yes. Um, so if you're still here and you're still listening, we really appreciate that. And I hope Absolutely. that, um, you know, if you are an event organizer or if you are planning to be an event organizer that there are things in here that that stuck with you and resonate with you um and we always you know like healthy debate with people about this stuff yeah. so if there's anything that we missed if there's anything that we said that you disagree with like we want to hear about that so please yes. tweet at us nicely or email at us nicely <laughs> um and let's let's have a conversation about it because these events you know i think that what we talked about can apply to so many events, not just WordPress events, not just tech events, mm -hmm. um, but you know the event series in the WordPress community is so important and so integral to our community. And yes. I think that these sorts of things should not just be decided by like one or two people. It should be a community conversation about how these things work. So, I agree a hundred percent. And. Yes, I agree. Thank you so much for all the research that you did for this episode, Allie. Um, I, and we know that we didn't cover everything. And so that's why we'd love to hear your ideas and your questions. And we promise that week after week, I can't believe we have almost 100 episodes of different topics mm -hmm. about underrepresentation. But that goes to show you that it's not, it is a multi-level, multi-faceted discussion. And we will keep doing the work that we do. And we hope that it's having an impact for you and your lives. This will be episode 94. We're going to have to Woo! plan like a, a, a party for, we'll, we'll drink champagne on the podcast when we get to 100. How about that? I, I will send you the bottle. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Thank cool. you, everybody. We'll, we'll see you next time. Week. Bye. Bye. This episode was sponsored by the following companies. The Blogsmith. The Blogsmith is a holistic content marketing agency for B2B technology brands that creates data-driven content with a great reader experience. Visit theblogsmith.com to learn more. Thank you so much to our sponsors for this episode. If you're interested in sponsoring an episode, using our database, or just want to say hi, go to underrepresentedintech.com. See you next week.